and welcome to Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Matt. Beat My Guest is a trivia podcast where each episode, one guest will take up residence in the torturous hot seat and attempt to prove that their Mensa membership was no fluke. The rules? Well, they tend to change from time to time in order to keep my guests on their toes. But for the current version of the game, the rules are about as simple as they can get. Only one question will be asked. Only one answer will be required. Get it right, and you win all the glory. Get it wrong, and you win all the shame. So welcome to a podcast that is guaranteed, much like our theme song, to be about 75% true. And join the millions of people who are playing along at home, hoping that they too can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So please welcome back into the hot seat. You know where you love her, Sarah Kalori. Sarah, how are you? I am. I I was doing good, and now I'm terrified. But you know, it's a healthy dose of good and terrified. So what else could be expected of coming and being in the hot seat? You are the third episode in this new format. First two both gone very well in terms of uh, entertainment value, I think. So, uh, and that's all I really care about. Uh, they also didn't go very well for the players, but that's okay. You know, you could be the first one to break through and get the question right. It's going to be fun. Have I, have I, have I twisted the screws enough, folks? I think so. Uh, before we get started, let's put the, put, put the game aside for a second. I don't know if everybody here knows who you are, what your deal is. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe, you know, throw in something about yourself that when people hear it, they don't believe that you're telling the truth. Okay. Um, so I'm Sarah Calori. I am a physics professor originally from New Jersey who now lives in Southern California. I went on Wheel of Fortune in the last year. That was the highlight of my pandemic is going on Wheel of Fortune. And I once, I once was a, a voice on the recording to go along with a textbook to teach English to children in the country of Georgia, like the country, not the state. I mean, you know, something to be said for the education system in the state too, I'm sure. But uh, interesting. Yeah, I I used to work in the before times. Uh, I, I used to work in a engineering firm in the data processing department where we took all their plans and proposals and whatnot and, you know, kind of proofread them and formatted them and whatnot. And there was an opening there because one of the previous workers actually went uh, physically to one of the former Soviet republics to teach English in person. So uh, I I think they do like to get Americans in there to to teach English, be it in person or now uh, by recording. I guess so. I mean, I lived with linguists in grad school and one of them did the summer research there and met someone writing a textbook. So to earn a couple hundred bucks, me and my roommates went and said such gems as, I have a headache and I am taking a pill for a few hours uh, on a Saturday. Here, but here's, here's a more pertinent question. When you were on Wheel of Fortune, how did you do? I won a whole bunch of money and a trip to Antigua. Hey, there you go. Not Barbuda, just Antigua. Well, I okay. I went a few weeks ago and the trip was to Antigua. We took a day trip to Barbuda. I kind of forgot how seasick my husband gets and it's a 25 mile journey there and back on a ferry through the ocean and he sent it with his head in the bag on the way back. Ooh. I, I had a good time. I read a book on the way back because I don't get seasick. It was great. It was like a nice open air choppy cruise. Yeah, I would have probably been in the bag with, with your husband there. Uh, do not like uh, the uh, the water I have vertigo and oof, oof, dee, oof, enough pleasantries and pleasant as they were. It's time to play the game. 
and you're going to get one question. One question. It's going to, as people who have been listening, you don't know because you haven't heard an episode yet, but people who are listening know that it's the same question every single episode. So that's easy. Uh, I'm going to be giving you four facts. Uh, They're going to be facts that fit a certain theme. More on that in a second. But the fact is that I lied to you just now. They're not all four facts. Only three of them are going to be true. One of them is false. Three facts, one fiction masquerading as fact. The question that is before you and all of my contestants this uh, format, which one of the four facts is not true? That's all I'm going to ask you. And that's all you have to figure out by the end of the episode. Sound like something you might be able to do? Sound fair? Maybe I got a one in four chance at the very least of succeeding, you know. Exactly. And you're going to have more than that because uh, in between, I'm going to read the fact to you. You can probe. In fact, please, please do probe uh, if there's anything that like I don't understand that or like you want to delve. Like, what did you mean by this word? How do you spell that? Like any questions you want for clarification, I will be happy to give you uh, each of them. Uh, to help you in your assessment process, because uh, I do want you to get the correct answer. Uh, I want somebody to get the correct answer. Some, someday, please, somebody. <laughs> Again, pressure. Before we get started and all that, though, you need to pick your categories. I'm going to need you to give me a random number between 1 and 12, your choice. Free will. Let's go with 8. Eight. And now, because I just like to mess with people, I actually need three numbers between one and 12. You gave me the eight, so give me two more. Uh, four, two. Make it some powers of two there. Four and two. Excellent there. Because I gave me the eight, get the four, they get two. That's your three numbers. Awesome. Uh, those are the three categories that you are going to choose from. Categories are basically they're an umbrella to kind of explain the types of the facts. All the facts are going to fit a certain theme. This is going to be the theme of the four facts. Uh, those were chosen blindly by you, but now I'm going to tell you what three you've chosen and you can pick the one that kind of, you know, whatever tickles your fancy. Maybe one all sounds like something uh, you, you'd rather uh, delve into. You know, they're going to be a little uh, open-ended, of course, so you, you may not get exactly what you think that the category means, but certainly you've had a little bit more of a say in the process. Which of these categories do you think you would like to play today? We have Call for Mr. Candyman. Call for Mr. Candyman. We have I'd Love to Break a Leg. I'd Love to Break a Leg. And we have Gopher Broke. Gopher Broke. Would you like Call for Mr. Candyman? I'd love to break a leg. And Gopher Broke, please let me know which one you want and perhaps explain your reasoning why, because this is an audio medium. Okay. I'd love to break a leg sounds like it's about bones, and I don't know enough about bones. Like, I'm, I, that I feel like is not going to go well. Is Gopher like a pun, like it, like the little rodent? Uh, it, 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 could be a pun, sure. Okay. It's spelled, it's I mean, spelled G-O-P-H-E-R, so... Uh. <laughs> okay, I do I do enjoy animal facts. I worked at a zoo for a while. I love weird animals. A call from Mr. Candyman. I feel like that could go one way. I've been... A friend of mine told me about the, the subreddit, like, Grandpa Joe Hate from Willy Wonka, and I've been into that lately, so I'm kind of, like, drawn to that. But it also, I'm terrified of it going, um, like, horror movie, which I feel like I'm not going to go with. I'm going to go for what I hope to God, maybe weird animal things and do go for broke. Go for broke. 
Excellent. We'll see in a moment if uh, your hunch is correct. So what's going to happen next is I'm going to read you these four facts one at a time. And after I read the first one, again, pepper me with the questions, try and get a sense of uh, what I'm trying to say, you know, pump me for information, you know, whatever, whatever is going to be your process to make you feel that you have a grasp on whether or not it is true. Uh, once we do that through each of the four clues, you will then make your final decision for the episode and answer that only question that's before you is which of these four is the fiction. Also, uh, my audience knows this already, but let's fill you in. The thing that makes the fiction a fiction is not going to be a trick of one number off. Like, you know, it's not going to be, oh, there were 300 of these things and aha, it was only 299. It's going to be something substantial uh, so that when it, when you hear the fiction revealed at the end, you're going to go, oh, OK, yeah, that was not what he said. Uh, that th 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 changes the meaning of the thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't be looking for nitpicky things or how is that spelled? I don't think it's spelled that way. It's not going to be like that. It, it's going to sound believable. I hope that's my goal. But it's certainly not going to be something you, you could certainly suss it out. Um, if you ask the right questions, perhaps. I mean, the only question you can't ask is, is that the fiction? Because I don't want to answer, obviously. <laughs> that would make the game a lot shorter, and a lot easier, and a lot less fun. So uh, do you have any other questions about the process before we get started? I think I got it. I mean, sure, there's not a lot of rules, so I don't know what I could ask about. Let's let's right. go. There you go. All right, let's give this a try. Uh, you were thinking perhaps cute animals and ha ha ha. Uh, no, no, that's not what it is. Uh, Minnesota is the gopher state. Uh, all four of these facts have something to do with uh, something that happened in the state of Minnesota. That is what we are talking about here. Uh, you, know, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's Let's start great. this off. I'm yeah. real excited. Yeah. <laughs> Fact number one. A Minnesota lawyer is currently suing a man by the name of Raffles Van Exel, accusing him of defamation and interference with a contract. Raffles was accused of running a con on a man who was due to inherit a portion of Prince's estate. In the process, he spread lies about the lawyer representing this man in order to try and get him fired so he could take over the man's finances for himself. According to testimony at the trial, Raffles Van Exel had allegedly also been involved with Whitney Houston's death, including providing her with cocaine and removing evidence from her room prior to the arrival of the police. That is your fact number one. Sarah, I'm sure you got some questions, so please feel free to uh, ask away. Oh my God, is Raffles, is it Van Exel, Van Axel? Whatever it is, is that that man's legal name? That is the man's re uh, regal. Uh, his regal name, yes, no, Prince Regal. Yeah, his name, as far as uh, the legal uh, documentation of the lawsuit, is Raffles Van Exel. I just want to unpack that. Wow. Okay. So I just want to get my cast of characters straight. You got Raffles, and Raffles is the guy that's supposedly doing all the shady stuff, might have killed Whitney Houston. We don't know. Um, he's trying to con someone who might inherit from Prince. Yeah, there's this, there's this guy who uh, was named in Prince's uh, The Will. Um, you know, Prince left a lot of money and pieces of property. You know, he, he, was, he was a rich guy. Uh, and while I, I believe a good 
bulk of it went to family members. You know, there were people he knew along the way that he wanted to give particular items to. And apparently there was this, this man who uh, was quite elderly and was living in a, an old folks home and didn't really have uh, the greatest mental uh, capacity. And so uh, he had, his brother had hired this lawyer to be the executor of, of his affairs uh, and raffles is apparently, you know, if, if he is involved in Whitney Houston's death, uh, you know, those are just allegations. They're not proven. Uh, you know, he's, he's a shady guy and he's, he basically spread lies to this man and his brother saying, Oh, your lawyer, he's no good. And, uh, you know, kind of had them, got them to fire him. Uh, so he could take over and, you know, what, what people assume, uh, it was to steal the money for himself uh, once he got power of attorney. Uh, so he got the real attorney fired and he kind of was named power of attorney and uh, the lawyer really in, in, in what I think is probably a uh, heroic upholding of being honorable. You know, so that, yeah, I mean, I've been fired, but this I got to protect this guy. What's the lawyer? Does the lawyer have a good name? Uh, you know what? I, I did not see in any of the documentation the name of the lawyer. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably uh, like Joe Smith. It's probably a normal name. I did. I didn't write it down. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I mean, it was, it was there, but I, you know, I didn't write it down, and I don't recall it. You can't beat Raffles Van Exel. It's a fun name. So, how is he suing R- Raffles for like breaking a contract when Raffles isn't the one that had a contract with? Well, him? he he is suing him for defamation because uh-huh. he, spread, he spread the lies about him to that one. I get yeah, and interference with the contract. Okay. So the contract was the contract the lawyer had with the inheritor, and he interfered with that contract by pushing him out. Okay. And those you are know, real it's, things. It's legal thing. Those are legal. Yeah. Those okay. Are those real are things. real legal things. Yep. Those so are real d- legal is, things. Is defamation something, it's not like libel where it has to be published. Can one sue for defamation in a, in a way like this? Yes, absolutely. Uh, defamation is any statements about somebody. It's, it's libel if it is in print. Defamation is you have defamed me. Like you know, he spread spread lies about him. That's that's you can't do that if 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 you're doing it publicly. I mean, he's made public statements in the interim between getting him fired. You know, he's been interviewed about this case in the press. Raffles defending himself, and he certainly continued to spread the word that you know this guy this guy's no good. No man, I'm not lying. So is this a current ongoing thing? Like when when did these events happen? It is, uh, it is ongoing. It is not a completely, uh, you know, these lawsuits take a long time to go to trial. Obviously, Prince died a while ago, but not so long ago that there isn't still litigation going on. So what, what are the allegations with him with Whitney Houston? Do you know, like, so he was supposedly in her room? Yeah, uh, from what, from what was said at the trial, uh, this guy, he's kind of been around the music scene. He's one of these hangers on. I believe he was also uh, connected to Michael Jackson in some way, although that wasn't in this, you know, this, this Whitney Houston thing was, was part of the current trial, which is where, where it was kind of a new allegation. But um, it was, there was testimony that said that Raffles is the person who sold Whitney her cocaine, or at least gave her the cocaine. He might, he might not have sold it. He might've bought it and, and just handed it to her. Um, and uh, was one of the first people to, uh, to discover her. He was amongst the first people to discover her and uh, wanted to remove evidence that he had been there. Uh, and so that that's kind of, uh, he's, he's a shady guy. He's not good. No, I just, 
I was listening to a podcast and it was like rock and roll stories. And they talked about Whitney Houston's death. And I'm trying to remember, like, what do I remember about the story of the night of Whitney Houston's death? And I, well, it was all about Whitney Houston's kind of tragic story, but I'm like, was, was there a dude? Was there a, was there a raffle? I just feel like I wish I, I love trashy celebrity gossip and, and I read a blog about it every day. And I'm like, how could a guy with this name go unnoticed by this blog? This is why I'm like slightly skeptical. Not that we have like three other facts to get through. Sure. No. But I'm just like expressing my skepticism of, of I feel like this lies at an intersection of celebrity gossip and scandal that I usually like. And may I say, Sarah, this this is exactly what I'm looking for out of this podcast. Okay. You were you were doing perfectly. Okay. Shy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you feel uh, good enough to move on, or do you have more uh, about I mean, this? How, uh, basically, how much time do you want me to take with each of these? Uh, we can take as much time as you need. I mean, you know, well, we can always, you can always go yeah. back at the end if you. If, yeah. You know. I, I wanna. I feel like I'm gonna. I'm gonna think on this one for a bit. Let's go to fact number two. Okay. Fact number two. Although the on-screen text at the beginning of the movie Fargo declares that it is quote based on a true story close quotes. The Coen brothers have long since admitted that the entire film was a work of fiction sprung from their own imagination. However, unbeknownst to the filmmakers, just one month prior to Fargo's March 1996 release, a man by the name of Richard Crafts had killed his wife and driven around the state of Minnesota with a portable wood chipper so as to spread her remains in as many different locations as possible in order to try and prevent detection. Wow, that's kind of messed up if it's real. Are you familiar but with the movie Fargo? I am familiar with the movie okay. Fargo, yes. So you know the importance of the wood chipper to the I, I do, oh, I do. So Richard Crafts. So what, what was Richard Crafts' story? Why, why did he kill his wife? Uh, you know, no one really knows for sure. Can we really peer into the minds of the <laughs> of the criminally insane? Uh, yeah, he just he just one day was fed up. Uh, I'm not sure if it was one of these things where he had uh, something going on the side and he wanted to leave a greener pastures and couldn't get a degree to divorce or uh, if he had just uh, snapped suddenly. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, he, he just decided to kill her one day and uh, he thought that the best way to... Uh, prevent detection of this was to, uh, well, dispose of the body in as many different locations as possible. And he happened to have access to uh, a, a wood chipper and uh, it was a portable variety uh, and uh, put in the back of his, uh, you know, pickup truck with the body. And then, you know, we go to one place, one town, uh, and then go to the next place and so on and so forth until he, he was finished. Um, it did not work. He, he was caught and, and did go to jail. So uh, eventually he, he, I mean, the reason we know about it is because the police know about it. No, he did it, obviously. Now, did he like chop it up for it? Because I can imagine once you start feeding the body into the wood chipper, it's really hard to stop it. So if he wanted to do this multiple places, did he like Yeah, it was more, like I said, it was more of a disposal thing. It was, it was uh, chop it up in multiple pieces, but you know, he, I've watched Dexter. I'm a, good, I'm a big fan of Dexter, and you know, Dexter like would take all the body parts, chop them up, and then dump them all the side and dump them in the ocean. Like that, that's one disposal uh, method. Usually, you see people like they'll chop it up and maybe they'll just put an arm in 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 one in a uh, dumpster mm -hmm. here, drive a little further, put the put the head, put the, put the torso. 
Uh, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Is it, is it, yeah, oh yeah, as you do. Uh, but you know, uh, those can still be identified. And so you have to go a long way to removing fingerprints. And da, da, da. I watch a lot of true crime. Uh, I am not murdering anybody. <laughs> go on record here. But you, you know, like this, the, the wood chipper is going to really make it hard to identify, especially if you're looking for a body, you might not notice small little pieces, uh, especially when there's not enough to make a body. So how how was he caught? That's a very good question. Quite frankly, he didn't do a good job of cleaning the vehicle. Um, obviously, the husband is always going to be the first person that they investigate on. And oh, he had allegedly an alibi that uh, would have protected him. You know, if you don't have a body, you don't really know the time of death and, and things like that. And uh, eventually, they just there was he just didn't clean his truck well enough, and they found blood in his truck. And uh, it, this is actually it's it's one of the few cases I believe it might even been the first case. Don't hold me to that. Um, I, it's one of the few cases where they actually got a conviction without ever uh, recovering the body. What was his wife's name? I don't know. I did not write it down. And that's shame on me. Because really, we should we should uh, celebrate the victims rather than the, the uh, murderers. But, you know. So do they have any idea of where he, he chipped the locations of chipping? Uh, you know, they they don't really. They, they eventually recovered the chipper. And again, he, he said he was just using it uh, to dispose of animals that were on his property. And, you know, he never ad admitted to taking that around. They just assumed because there was some blood on there. But again, they didn't have anything to match it to. So, it, it, again, it was all circumstantial evidence. But the wife was definitely missing. Uh, and people around town didn't like the guy and were all very willing. You know, sometimes there's the testimony like, oh, Quiet guy. I'm surprised. No one was surprised. Yeah, they just, it was completely circumstantial case, blood in the truck, uh, human blood. It matched her type. Obviously, they didn't have the DNA samples to, to back it off of, but they were, you know, yeah. Eventually, they just, the town just said, yeah, he, he, guilty. But they, so they had blood in the truck. They had blood in the wood chipper. Why didn't they try to match them or at least blood type? Well, the, the, they they matched the the chipper blood to the truck blood, but I'm saying they didn't have a sample from the wife. Oh, okay. I was thought, I was like, that's a big hole. I feel like no, that's no, a no. Big they, didn't, they didn't have a sample. Hole. Yeah, they didn't have a sample from the wife to match it to. So okay. So clearly, a human was in the truck. It was not him. It was not his blood. There was a human, the same human with the wood chipper. You know, obviously it, the jury, the jury, there was enough for the jury to say. Did they have any kids? Uh, didn't, didn't, uh, okay. No research in that regard. I don't, I don't remember from my, you know, law and ordering. I don't remember what DNA technology was like back then. If that's, you could match through a kid or not. Yeah. I mean, obviously there, there is that, uh, familial DNA thing. And obviously it wouldn't match with him because they were, but yeah, I, I, I know, I know where you're going there. Yeah. I do. I just, my recollection is you, well, I think you can get a very accurate, father-son, father-daughter connection. I think it's less accurate matrilineally, but don't don't hold me to that. I, I just throwing facts out know. there. Yeah. I don't know. I would feel, I don't really, I would be I, like, I, I, it'd be that that's different. I think it's because of the XY thing where there are certain, there are certain tags that would only be present on the father's Y that passes down, which just makes it easier. So mathematically, if it matches on the Y, it's it's the father son. They'll have the same one, whereas the mother won't have the same Y because it doesn't come from the same line. 
I think that's the reason. I, don't know, I was afraid of the bones category, so I don't. Really know. <laughs> All right, you think you got enough for uh, for this one to move on, or you you got more? Yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> I like, I feel like there's a lot fewer fun details to go on in this one, and it just it seems like like knowing the Coen Brothers, this seems like in their universe it would happen. <laughs> like it seems like this could totally be a coincidence with them that it happened. All right, let's do number three. All right, fact number. Three. Sam Backer is the starting quarterback for Chatfield High School. And in the Minnesota State semifinals, he received two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, resulting both in an ejection and a one-game suspension, which means he can't play in the state championship game. Uh, Backer's parents were not happy with this, so they hired a lawyer and filed suit against the Minnesota State Athletic Board in an effort to overturn the suspension. Backer's lawyers argued that the high school junior was, quote, denied his right to an education and that his 14th Amendment due process rights were also being violated. Uh, they lost the case, but Chatfield did end up winning the game and the 2021 title, 14 to 13. Go Chatfield. I mean, like, this just seems like something parents would do. Like, I feel like this is, I'm just like, that has to be real because... Parents are absolutely crazy when it comes to their children's recreational sports. Um, this just seems too believable. I don't want it to be believable. That's the state of things. But I'm like, yeah, of course, that would totally happen. Um, where is Chatfield? Chatsfield? Uh, apart from the fact that it's in Minnesota, I could not tell you. Okay. Because if you were like, it's in the, the really rich white part of Minnesota, I'd be like, yeah, that's true. Move on. Yeah, um, on, honestly, no, no idea whatsoever. I did not look at ge geography to see if it was uh, you know, near the Canadian border or <laughs> down in St. Paul, Minneapolis. I don't know. So what, what did he do during the game that got him both ejected and, ejected and suspended? Well, it's, it's two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Now, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty is... Well, let's put it this way. The suspension for the next game comes automatically with the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. So that is just, it's not like he did anything uh, above and beyond. Once you get that second unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, you're suspended the next game. That's just hardwired into the rules. Taunting uh, is something that you get called for. Um, you know, you make a big play and taunting is, is very subjective and you could be excited and you can go, yeah. And that's fine, but if, a, if an opponent just happens to be standing there when you do that and emotionally react, they sometimes can throw a flag. So although I, I didn't get specifically what the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties are, it seems to me, and based on the uh, interviews and video that came out of people talking about it, one of them was certainly just one of these, okay, really, ref? Uh, and they were very upset with the ref for, for calling the second one because the ref knew that by calling the second one on him, they would be uh, penalizing him for the next game, you know, because the suspension is automatic. Um, you know, the coach, the coaching staff is never happy with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but it's not like he was going down there and punching. It, it wasn't a punching okay. somebody sort of thing. It was more of a, you, you tackle someone the wrong way and it's an automatic unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, it, you're not a sports person, but yeah, you, well, I could easily know. I get it. Like, I know in football, there's weird rules. I just think football is kind of ridiculous for some of this stuff. Look, there are there are times when an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty is absolutely called for. Uh, at the high school level, if they're not actually fighting each other, 
uh, a lot of the unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that I've seen, and I've seen a lot of high school football because my son is in the marching band, and so I have to go to the high school football games because I'm really only there for the halftime show, but I'll root for his school while I'm there. Uh, you see some of these penalties, and it's just like, the guy tripped, <laughs> and, and his helmet hit the other guy in the head. Like, yeah, it's helmet-to-helmet contact, but neither one knew what they were doing there. There was no intent, and come on, stop it. So uh yeah i i don't believe he's the quarterback so he's not making tackles he's not you know it seems to me more likely than not that it was somebody you know hit him after he threw a pass and he kind of shoved them you know get off of me kind of thing yeah it's a penalty but really is it a penalty and the taunting thing the celebration because you know these this is a playoff game so it's 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 intense i can see where emotions uh would run high there so we know do we know his parents name I don't know other than Mr. and Mrs. Backer. (laughs) I mean, counselor, I don't have that information at this time. You're you're, you're grilling me. I love it. I'm trying here. I'm trying to like, because I'm just trying to feel like, does this feel characteristic? Like he's a quarterback. And from what I know about football, looking at demographics of people who tend to be quarterback versus other players often seem like they come from a little more, um, you know, socioeconomic favored backgrounds or, you know, I don't know. I look at quarterbacks and I notice they seem to be largely white, you know, like they're all like a Tom Brady type. So in my mind, I'm like, is Tom Brady the guy who would sue to like get his kid get back in? And I'm like, probably. Yeah, probably. You know, I'm not going I'm not going to steer you away from that notion. I would say, though, that at the high school level, some, some there are a lot of teams that it's just it's just. Yeah, one, I don't know. I athlete. just look at like who goes <laughs> up the ranks to become NFL quarterback. Yeah. And, and this is the Minnesota there. State champ. You know, this, this 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 might be the only time we ever hear of Mr. Backer. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it depends on how the lawsuits go, or if they decide to try and bring it to the Supreme Court. Well, um, I mean, okay. it, 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 they would—he would no longer have standing because the game's already taken place. So there's no reason for this. He lost the suit. They were—they were looking for a temporary restraining order. So basically, they were basically trying to backdoor the decision and get him to play in the game. And the judge said, "I'm not doing that," and uh, the game's played. So there's nothing to sue for at this point. I just—it's so believable to me that parents would do this. I hate that. Like from what I see, you hear all the reports about like parents getting fistfight at Pee Wee hockey because one kid was in the penalty box. Like, oh, absolutely. I have coached soccer, uh, youth soccer, throughout my son's uh, tenure as an athlete. Uh, the one year that he decided to play baseball, there was a brawl during a game between parents, and uh, that was fun. But they didn't try to sue for like emotional damages and suffering and be like, give us a million dollars. No, this was entirely just to get him to play. I mean, and the argument uh, denied his right to an education is laughable. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they had a, they had a scrape for something there. All right. I want to go to number four. Excellent. Let's do that. And let's do that right now. Fact number four. When the 2008 Minnesota Senate race between Al Franken and Norm Coleman was deemed too close to call. Many ballots ended up being challenged in court, including one where the voter in question had attempted to write in, quote, lizard people in the presidential race. Lawyers for one side argued that this ballot should be eliminated because it included a vote cast for multiple people. Lizard people is not a singular person. Lizard people is Multiple people. The other side suggested that, well, there very well might be a Mr. Lizard people, and that could have been the intended recipient of the vote. So they wanted the vote to count. I just, again, it's one of these things that's so absurd, but I know there are people out there that are convinced there's a lizard people conspiracy. 
Was Norm Coleman really the Nate really Al Franken's opponent? I mean, you would lie to me if you made up his opponent. Yeah, no, this this the, the Al Franken uh, and Norm Coleman. It was very close race. It was too close to call, and I think there was a recount. And we're talking maybe a couple hundred votes that were the difference. I, I the like two. I like remember this, but yeah. I being that I'm not, I did not live in yeah, Minnesota. Norm, Norm, I didn't know like the opponent name. Yeah, Norm Coleman was the incumbent at the time Al Franken challenged him. So, so 2008 is a year that presidents were elected yeah it went 16 12 8 so we got yep. that mm-hmm. um how long is a senator's term that's the sixth year it is six years and uh it's a rolling six years um so there's an a group a b group and a c group so that they're not losing all the senators at the same time so you know a state will have one vote in a group and then one vote in B group yeah. and then C group. They're both in there because there's neither term has ended. It's like an ABC cycle. So yeah, no, I know. I'm just yeah. trying to make sure like, so you said the lizard people was the right in for the president. Now, was this actually a year that Minnesota had to set an election the same as the presidential election? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I guess, I guess a rule, I should go back. Are you allowed to lie to me on follow up? I, I, I am not going to lie to you. Um, and I'm, I'm not, like I said, even the even the fiction is going to be based enough in fact that I would not lie to you okay. about the facts. There are instances where I suppose if I've made it up completely and fabricated, then I, I would be free to lie about it. But I, you know, but it's not nitpicking enough. Like, haha, there wasn't a presidential election that year. Okay, right. Just- the the thing that's going to be the fiction is going to be something big, but it's not going to be something that is. is I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you in the fiction, like oh, that. I just like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To to the point. This per- this particular ballot has been has been studied because it's 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 interesting. Uh, <laughs> the guy wrote in lizard people. Uh, he wrote it in both on the presidential line and he wrote it in on the uh, Senate line. However, he also circled in Al Franken's name. Uh, he did not circle in a vote for the president. So basically, the Minnesota ballot is is like a scantron sheet where you actually yeah. physically circle it in, and so. He wrote lizard people, but he didn't circle in the write-in vote. That should have been the basis of the argument. Um, whereas Al Franken's people should have said, well, he didn't circle it in, therefore the vote counts. And the Republicans should have argued, well, but he wrote down a name, so it shouldn't count. Strangely enough, that was not what the argument was about at all. The argument became, uh, because he did cast a vote for lizard people in the presidential election, that the entire ballot should be thrown out because the ballot included a vote for multiple people for the same position that you're only allowed to vote for one person, which is absurd, but that's where we are in politics, even in 2008. That's where we were. <laughs> yes, there was a lot of fun ballot stuff in the last, you know, years of my existence. So what, at what level was this challenge? Like what court levels did it go up anywhere? How long did this take to settle? Uh, this, I, this was I mean, in Minnesota, um, whatever, whatever the sequence uh, every state's different, so I don't know entirely. I'm sure there's like a, a Minnesota Supreme Court review kind of thing. There, there, there's a level of court um, that is there to adjudicate voting law, and it went through that process. Um, both sides agreed to essentially for a week. Uh, they went in with ballots that were disputed. Normally, uh, and we know a lot more about this these days <laughs> in presidential elections. Normally, you would do this at the presidential level. There's a different process, but because this is a state election, it, it went through Minnesota state law. It didn't have to go through the federal system. And they went ballot by ballot. Is that this? We challenged this ballot, and here's why. And, and the judge, 
I actually believe it was a panel of judges. It wasn't a single judge, but the, the panel like would vote. Uh, yeah, we agree with you. This vote counts. So we no, you're right. This vote doesn't count. And they went through them. At the end of the day, the only reason they went through them because there were enough challenged ballots that it could have tipped the scales. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, if there weren't enough challenged ballots to tip the scales, they would have said, well, it doesn't really matter because even if we give you all of them, you still don't win. It was close enough that they went through the process, but eventually they started eliminating the challenges for both sides. And they got to a point where uh, the rest of them, it doesn't matter. And so they ended early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, he's clinched. Do, do you concede? And, and eventually, you know, Coleman conceded. I was just making sure it wasn't like the case of Sam Backer, where it was one single court case holding things up. Or okay, it was like no, a this, larger review. This was a large review. It was in the paper every day, and you followed along. And and they said out of the you know out of the hundred they got to today, here's the ten most interesting. You know, and then the it was like it became like a sport of itself uh, in Minnesota as people were following along. Um, you can find articles online where it's like, all right, here are the 12 that were challenged today. What would you rule without telling you what actually happened? And, you know, you'd play, you know, politics has become entertainment. It's part of the problem. I wish I'd paid more attention because this is like kind of in the back of my subconscious a little bit, but I was knee deep in year two of grad school and had no time for, for this. You're saying it's somewhere in the back of your lizard brain. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere in the back of my lizard people brain. Yeah. So are you feeling ready think so to sort of narrow this down a little more i think so i feel like okay i don't i at this point this is really fun i'm like i don't care if i get it right this is the least terrifying the least (laughs) terrifying iteration of beat my guest i've been on because it's like it just is fun i am enjoying this it's a good puzzle um i just i feel like knowing that people are crazy and people do get into the lizard people conspiracy and people sue for all sorts of youth sports like those two things just seem like i would firmly believe that those happened like and you could be making them up but i'm like i just i'm like yes like (laughs) i would not think twice in like if i saw that show up in weird news to be like yeah that happened i really am still leaning towards the first one partially because like i like celebrity gossip and weird scandals and i cannot believe that someone with the name of raffles von exel like would have escaped like it wouldn't ring more of a bell like i wouldn't be like i have how could i not have seen this somewhere and I feel like the Cohen brothers, it's a funny coincidence, but I'm like, at some point, someone probably would have thought about putting a body through a wood chipper. Like, it just seems like, I don't want to say like I would murder someone, but like, it kind of seems like a, hey, here's a wood chipper that put two and two together and hopefully get away with it. You know, now I wouldn't because, you know, everyone knows that, you, you know, everyone's seen Fargo or at least knows the wood chipper stuff. Yeah, sure. I, I really like my own, like everything at the last two just seemed like, yeah, it happens. People are crazy. The Fargo one, it just seemed like in the little Cohen Brothers weirdness universe, like a coincidence like that would happen. It just seems like a funny coincidence, you know? Um, I guess, you know, I was going to say, what's the, when was, when was Fargo released? Uh, Fargo was released in 1996. Okay. So this would have been like 96. Do you remember what month or anything? Uh, March. So the guy had a wood chipper. What was he main? Do you know what he was mainly using that thing for? Um, I do not. I I know, you know, he had it on his his property. So okay, it, so it wasn't it, like a rental because I was like, why would you have a like that? Seems like a weird time of the year to to wood chipper. I feel like is that a more of a fall thing, like when trees are de- rather than if it's in a be spring, although it's still winter up there. I don't know. Yeah, I would I would argue uh, just in general. Um, you know, I'm here in New Jersey, and it's certainly not nearly as wintry 
when it's when it's winter and I don't usually get around to all the yard work I need to do. I can't imagine in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's something he had rather than something he would have like rented and returned to Home Depot and they're like, there's some blood on this rental wood chipper. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was caught. So yeah. I almost I almost feel like I have somewhere seen that factoid before about Fargo. Like it, it rang a little bit of a bell. I I think I'm gonna go with number one. I just wanna believe I would have heard about Raffles von Exel sooner if this was a real thing. But it you're you're probably gonna be like, here's why you're wrong. But you know, it it was the journey was the fun part. That's what it's all about. All right. So uh, final answer is Raffles Van Exel, you believe, is the... Uh, yes, or Van or Von. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's uh, start at the bottom, work our way up. Fact number four. Al Frank and Norm Coleman and the Battle of the Lizard People, 100% a fact. Yeah. There's a really cool book that I read uh, called Proofiness by uh, Charles Seife, S-E-I-F-E. Um, this is a story that he included in that book um, because it, he talks about the, he, Charles Seife is a big, big on math and, 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 mm-hmm. and numbers. And one of, one of his uh, major theses is that uh, no election can ever be considered 100% accurate just because people can't count. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but even when we count, what we decide to count is also part of the battle. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this and it's, it's just fascinating. And uh, yeah, to me, the, the whole fact is that there were so many actual arguments that should have been made here that weren't made. And they de- decided to focus on the fact that people is plural. Really? really? They were tired. It was like 4.30 PM. They were tired. You know, they wanted to get out of there. I guess. But uh, yeah, that actually happened. That is a fact. Uh, and also, as you correctly surmised, parents will do just about anything for their kids, uh, really for themselves. Uh, yes, Sam Backer uh, just happened. They just this this is a very recent uh, recent story. Uh, we're talking uh, this year. We're talking huh? November uh, over the. Basically, the championship game was played o- over the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the the game the week before, uh, they went into court, and uh, yeah, boom. <laughs> uh, the sandbacker was suspended. He did not win the appeal. Uh, they ended up losing the case. But hey, his teammates and the backup quarterback, they hooray for them. They had clear <laughs> eyes. They had full hearts. They didn't lose. Uh, good, good for Chatfield. Huzzah, 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 huzzah. We're down to uh, fact number one, Raffles Van Exel which you think is the fiction and fact two, the uh, wood chipper and Fargo, the raffles van Exel story is 100% true. Oh, really? How I just do not know. I have not encountered that before. It is 100% true. Here's a picture of uh, raffles and Whitney. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this guy, this guy, he's 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 uh, he's a Dutch uh, businessman, and he came to America to, uh, I mean, allegedly, <laughs> just make make his way into the music industry and make a lot of money. And I, I guess he didn't really care how he did so. Uh, TMZ has run a lot of articles on this guy. He seems to be a shady character. Um, he's been associated with a lot of celebrities in the worst of of times, and. Raffles Van Exel uh, allegedly uh, was involved in cocaine and removing evidence from Whitney Houston's room. And then when Prince died, he said, I'm going to get me some of that money. And uh, 
proceeded to uh, infiltrate. <laughs> I just can't believe I've missed this in all of my lovely celebrity gossip reading. Hey, I'd never oh, heard man. of him until I read this question either. And I thought with a name like that, I, I thought for sure, at least some people out there, I'm sure, are saying Raffles Van Exel is such a made up name that that you clearly made that up. And yet that makes me think that it's real. So <laughs> it's so absurd. It couldn't possibly be true. And therefore, it must be true. It's that little guessing game. Uh, yeah. Which means, of course, you do not uh, get the correct answer, which, of course, the correct answer is the incorrect answer in our game. Uh, the fiction is Fargo. However, as always, my fictions don't come completely created out of nothing. Uh, there's a germ of truth. Uh, the fact of the matter is that there was a Richard Crafts who did kill his wife and did the whole wood chipper thing. Uh, but it was a full decade before uh, Fargo came out and it was in the state of New Jersey. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it is Pretty much when Fargo came out, a lot of people were like, yeah, this is just the Richard Crafts case. Like, you guys stole, you heard about Richard Crafts, and that's the true story you're talking about. And for years, the Coen brothers just didn't say. Um, and everyone was pretty much, yeah, but this is a guy who used a wood chipper, and, like, it was in the news 10 years ago, so clearly you must have heard about it. And they're like, well, we're not saying so when eventually they came around and said, no, 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 we completely made it up out of our own imagination. People were just like, oh, so now you're admitting it. What did the what did the Kraft family sue you or something like? So it's pretty much there's no way to prove where an idea came from. But pretty much everyone's like, yeah, it's this is the true story you were talking about. So clearly you moved it. You moved locations, obviously. And it's not New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, come on, guys. That's probably why I thought it was true, because I think I heard something about like there was a real wood chip thing before and just assumed that those were the details. Yeah, exactly. It would would be too poetic to have it be like, of course, I want to go. I want to believe there's that poetry in nature that there could be the the wood chip murderer just before Fargo comes out. Right. And that would be such a Coen Brothers thing to have happen. Absolutely. I also I also I did do some research and I couldn't I couldn't find it. I I, the one 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 thing I wanted to find out is if actual if actual wood chipper sales went up right after the movie (laughs) came out. I just couldn't find that information anywhere. I thought that would have been interesting to to add as flavor text. Uh, Didn't find that out. (laughs) I also wonder, I mean there's there's some money out there buried in the snow if it's a true story i wonder if, if, if there were a lot of people going out there looking for that money from fargo uh, immediately after the movie because they kept saying it's based on a true story but you know, again the, the, who knows uh you know they kept saying oh yeah it's a true story wink 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 well sarah you have been a delight this has been a lot of fun i hope you had a good time before i kick you out of my hot seat this was a blast it's the best of my my five zoom meetings that i'm doing today so this was great <laughs> Excellent. Good to hear. Is there anything you'd like to say, shout out, plug, promote, or otherwise rail on? Uh, I'll give you a few uh, moments to uh, speak your mind. Oh, man, I completely forgot about this part. If you are a student and you're finishing up the semester, please hand in all your assignments. Your teachers and professors will thank you. If you're my students, I don't know how you found this podcast, but hand in your lab reports. Hi, husband Jason, who also will never watch this. Um, and yeah, my dad probably will listen. He listens to like everything. So hi, dad, because you probably listen when I tell you I'm on this. And Excellent. thank you for having me. This was a great time. Oh, it was a pleasure having you. The 
we, we enjoyed the uh, we always enjoy when people have a good time and uh you're no exception so thank you so much Sarah. now get <laughs> up my you. hot seat all right uh, for all of those of you out there who want to play along yourself hey you can contact us bmgpod at gmail.com you can also join our facebook group beat my guest the fans hot seat and of course you might support the cause. We ain't going to say no to that. Patreon.com slash beat my guest. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Until the next time, take care, listening, take care, and bye bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't going to say no to that. Find us at Patreon.com slash beat my guest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This is absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. <laughs>